Welcome to episode 110 of the Jackson Hole Connection, brought to you by Prue Real Estate. Should you have any questions about real estate in Jackson Hole, give Dan Vizoski or Greg Prue a call or visit Prue.com. That's P-R-U-G-H.com to search current listings. And recently, I've been spending time thinking about some of my past episodes. And this week, I've been thinking about and reflecting upon episode number 36 in my interview with Martha Winter. Martha teaches the importance of strong sleep habits and how to sleep better. So if you're having a little bit of trouble in these days of sleeping and feeling rested when you wake up, check out episode number 36 and Martha can give you some tips and tools to help you sleep better. Hello from Jackson Hole. I'm Stephen Abrams, your host and guide today. Each week, I connect with someone with a connection to Jackson Hole to share their story about daily life. I feel we can learn so much from each other by connecting a little bit and having some conversations. And I intend to search people out and their stories, which will teach us all a little about life outside of our everyday circle. Today's guest is the fabulous, amazing, wonderful, kind, and lovely Carol Mann. And for the listeners who remember Carol's daily radio spot on KMTN, The Cosmic Cafe, Carol has returned to the radio waves with The Daily Show. Carol has a fun and interesting story of how she became a full-time resident right here in Jackson Hole. And a little hint, it might have something to do with skiing, but probably not how you think about skiing. Carol's life story is a unique one, and Carol shares with us her story and the service she provides to people around the world. And honestly, it's one that I've participated in and really enjoyed and received a lot of insight from about who I am. I'm thankful for the person Carol is and how she's helping one person at a time to live where the action is, which is in your heart. And that comes from Carol. Carol, thank you for joining me today here at the Jackson Hole Connection. Nice to see you via a little Zoom call, but it's a beautiful fall day here. It sure is, and I'm delighted to talk to you. Well, I love starting off the conversations with my guests giving a little background as far as who they are, where they're from, and how they landed here or what their connection is to Jackson Hole. So I'm going to let you take over and... Give us that, how did you get here to Jackson Hole, Wyoming? All right, well, it's already a cosmic story. I, um, <laughs> I'm originally from Boston, have lived here for over 30 years at this point. And one winter in 1987, I think, <laughs> my husband at the time and my daughter and I came out here to Jackson on a ski vacation. In fact, we were coming to meet my brother and his family. We were originally gonna go to Sun Valley and for whatever reason that wasn't happening. And he is the one who said, well, there's this little place called Grand Targhee, which is right near Jackson Hole. And maybe we ought to go there and see what it is. Okay, so we did. Maury and my daughter, Arielle and I got, got there a day ahead of my brother. And we drive into this place and we're like, are you kidding me? This place needs so much upgrade. So, but then we took a the lift up to the top of the mountain and just said, wow, this is stunning. So at the time, there was only one restaurant at Targhee and 
one evening, the crew of us went and had dinner there at the one restaurant. And when we entered, the maitre d' said, where would you like to sit? So we said, oh, how about over there by the windows? And the, and the person said, well, you can't sit, sit there tonight because tonight is the only time the owners are here and they come here once a year. So we quietly had our dinner and we're talking. Maury, who was my husband, was an architect and developer in Boston and I was in, in uh, management in the high-tech industry. And so we decided we would go over and pay our compliments when we were all done eating. So we did, we paid our compliments and, and um, said that if they were interested, the two of us had skill sets that they might enjoy to upgrade the place. And they said back to us, actually, we want to sell. So actually what happened was, <laughs> We went back to our room, <laughs> did numbers, and purchased Targhee. We okay. literally went, no, that's exactly how it happened. Like, boom, like, okay, here's a pink slip from up above. Do you want it or not? Okay, we'll take it. <laughs> so we went back to Boston, sold the building we lived in, and purchased Targhee and came out here within six months. And we brought the first fax machine ever <laughs> with us to Alto, Wyoming. And the rest is kind of history. I mean, in the, in the years that we owned it, we, I mean, the physical facilities are there that we put there, the programs are there, the fact that we opened it for the summer for the first time, the music festivals, snowcat skiing, all of that was during the time that we owned Targhee. And it was a way fun and a way challenging set of experiences. What a spectacular story. I love it. Right. <laughs> um, talk about taking a big spin in, on your life and making a big change all of a sudden. How exactly. Old was, was your daughter? She was four. Okay. <laughs> she was four. She's now in her 30s. <laughs> yeah, she was four years old. Of course, she didn't know one way or the other, but she learned to ski when she was tiny, and that has served her very well living here in Jackson. I bet it has. Uh-huh. Yep. And during that time that you guys ran Targhee, you said that you even started the music festival. All of them. There's a summer set of music festivals, which we started. Okay. We started the music festivals. We opened it for the summer for the first time ever. It mm. had never been open in the summer. And we started a, you know, a, a day camp there for kids, for either guests or locals. And yes, the music festivals and... Got a new lift up on, you know, an extra, a new lift. Worked with the U.S. government, with the Congress, to get a permission to have a land swap at the base. Mm -hmm. all, all kinds of things. I mean, a long list of really interesting, fun, hopefully expanded possibilities. Keeping the down-home, friendly, relaxed vibe of Targhee. And I, I think it still exists there today. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. And it yeah. is a best-kept secret and a, certainly a place where locals love going to have fun. Yeah, and they always have great snow. Oh, so the slogan that we created was snow from heaven, not hoses. It's, they still use that, don't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I love it. And, and this, yeah, the snow can be way deeper. What was the deepest snow year that you recall there? Wow. I'm not good on dates. I don't know, actually. But there were some... There were some winters that not only did we always open at Thanksgiving, but lasted way into, you know, we got permission from the Forest Service to make it go longer and longer because, I mean, there were just hundreds and hundreds of inches of snow, huh. meaning that 
not that the snow just fell and there are hundreds of inches, it's that snow falls and falls and it compacts some to make hundreds, hundreds of inches. It was, it was huge. You could just see the tops of trees up on the mountain, like as if they were little teeny bushes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is awesome. It was amazing. Yes. So since being in the ski industry, you've had a few other careers or... Um, like pre and post. Yes. <laughs> so tell us some of the things, some of the other things that you've done here in, in the community. Uh, for many years, from 2000, the year 2000 until 2013, I had a daily radio spot here on KMTN, which was called Cosmic Cafe. And on Cosmic Cafe, I would choose a particular topic for the whole week, topics including everything from meditation to ETs to past lives, whatever cosmic topic I thought might be interesting. And I would speak to that topic across the week and people would email me questions, which I would then answer on the air. And that went on for like all those many years. And that was one thing I did. I also wrote a weekly column, same top, same name, Cosmic Cafe, for the guide, for the news and guide. <laughs> and then, um, oh, now I can't think there was a, another newspaper in the middle. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, it went out of business. But meanwhile, I also wrote for the planet every week, which is no longer in existence. So I've had a whole sort of media set of careers here. Yes. And how do you define cosmic? You, you said that you spoke or wrote about things in, that was cosmic. Well, ever since I was a little kid, I always was aware that there are things going on beyond our five senses. Mm -hmm. And as I, you know, got older and went to college and grad school, you know, I, I, I realized and learned, of course, that, you know, we have two hemispheres to our brain, right and left. And one of them is related to more linear ways of thinking and perceiving, and the other one is far more intuitive. So um, my interest has always been, how do we completely integrate our right and left hemispheres so that we have knowledge and information and perception, both from our five senses and beyond that, from greater capacities that are inherent in all human beings. So that was always a, you know, that's always been an interest of mine along the way. And, and then... I've had, I knew that I had psychic abilities um, as a kid. My parents loved me dearly and thought I was very imaginative. And at some point, maybe when I was about 10, they kind of gave me the message I should zip it. <laughs> 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 like we would go to visit friends of theirs, you know, my brothers and I and my parents, of course. And, you know, I don't know what I said. I have no memory of that. But obviously I must have said something to somebody so in the car on the way home, they would kindly say, you know, Carol, I don't think you should say those kinds of things. Anyway, long story short, without feeling punished at all, I put it away until after graduate school. But I had already developed since early in my life that kind of knowing, that kind of interest. I had always been interested also in archaeology and understanding what has actually been the history on this planet, not just what we're told that civilization started 5,000 years ago. So many pieces of putting the puzzle together of who we are, what our potential actually is, and what has been the true history on this planet. I don't know. You didn't even ask. I don't even know what you asked me anymore. 
cosmic includes ways of knowing things, pieces of information from indigenous cultures and science that describe abilities, possibilities, and probabilities beyond what our linear mind has and what we've been taught in school is about. And you now have a business where you, you help people with this. Um, could you ex expand and, and share a little bit yes. with what that is and what you do? I will. And I love to tell you, well, I'm just doing that. What, how I ever got to the name Cosmic Cafe for my business. Oh, please do. Which was that years ago when I worked in the high tech industry, people would come to my office ostensibly to talk about whatever the business content, content was. And invariably they would say, well, you know, I had a dream the other night, or do you think there's such a thing as intuition and whatever? So, <laughs> so over time, people around my office would call my office the Cosmic Cafe. And I adopted that as the name. <laughs> I adopted that as the name of my business. So what I, I am clairvoyant, meaning that I have a gift which is not about predicting futures. It's about accessing a glimpse into the blueprint of a person's soul, what their current life's purpose is, what they're what they're intending to evolve in themselves what they're working with to accomplish that, what they're designed to contribute, including past life information, if it bears on that information that I'm talking about. So I meet with people in person, on Zoom, on the phone, by Skype, actually at this point all around the world. And I do that work. And just to quote a friend <laughs> who said, it's like 10 years of psychotherapy in an hour. Because <laughs> you connect the dots about so many things, no wonder I dot, dot, dot. And I hope and I trust that it's been and is very helpful to people to know more about who they truly are and what they're actually meant to be doing in their life. Well, I will be um, transparent with everybody that I have um, come to you mm -hmm. as um, and used your services, mm -hmm. um, the clairvoyant side. And it was very helpful for me at the time in my life that I much needed it. And it helped me understand more of how I was processing information and why I was processing that information in, in, in that time. And, and I felt as though that it was very relevant and, um, I appreciate, and I still have the recording as well. You do? Well, you'll be happy to know that now people record on their own phones or on Zoom by themselves. <laughs> I, I did record on my own phone. Oh, you did? Okay. I didn't even remember exactly when you were there. Yeah, because it's years ago here, it was tape recording. Then, uh -huh. it, then it went to CDs, and then it went to, you can have a cell phone, do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so when... Somebody wants to find your services. What are some of the reasons that they might um, reach out to you? Okay. Well, it can be anything from an example and anything from somebody who has a terrible fear about, I'm going to make up an example, but it, it holds, a terrible fear about drowning, except they live in the Midwest, they've never lived near an ocean or a body of water, and they're wondering where does that possibly come from? So that's a kind of inquiry that someone might make. Someone else might be wondering, are they on the path that they ought to be on? 
And is there more, is there more? Or even in terms of relationship, is, do I ha does that person have you know, a deeper soulful connection? I guess what I quote unquote specialize in is that is knowing what is in the soul and how that is intended to be experienced and expressed here. So I'll give you a, a very dramatic example that comes to mind, which is there was a, a woman who lives here whose son was in school and local, and he was having terrible, terrible issues with authority figures, even though he was very, very smart, or and he was very, very smart, I should say. And she had experienced my work before and asked if I would be willing to do a, a soul reading for this boy. And typically that's not what I do. But I asked, I said, well, if you say it, explain it to him and he's interested, great. All right. So I tune into this boy because how I work is I attune myself to the person's soul before they show up in my office. And I got right away that his lifetime previous to this one was in Vietnam and he was shot down in his helicopter and died. And I thought to myself, okay, please, if there is a God, help me because I'm going to be talking to a 10-year-old kid. And how am I going to say this? The child walks into my office wearing army fatigues. Huh. I kid you not. It was like, okay, bingo, I can talk about it. And he knew everything about the Vietnam War, way more than I knew. And the ultimate result of his discovering that the source of his huge issue with authority was that in Vietnam, whoever his commanding officers were, he thought were dumb. <laughs> so they were all smoking dope and figuring maybe they'll live and maybe they won't. So the point is that the result, the catharsis that this child had was that now he knows where that came from. It's not applicable now. He went back to school. He went to college. He was, you know, had no more issues with authority. Interesting. Beautiful. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. yeah. I, I want to hear more. And we're going to take a quick break from a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. When you're thinking about making a real estate decision, it's important to go with someone you can trust. Recently, I trusted Dan Vazoski at Pru Real Estate to personally handle a real estate transaction. The service and attention I received demonstrated I was important. Greg Prue started Prue Real Estate in 2002 with you, the customer, in mind. Give Greg or Dan a call, 307-733-9888. Or visit Prue.com. That's P-R-U-G-H.com. And be connected today. Let them know you heard about them from Stefan, the podcast guy. Carol, we were just touching on the service that you provide, uh -huh. uh, a clairvoyant, mm -hmm. and some of the fabulous history that you've had in this valley. And you've been very involved yes. in this community. I have. I'm really interested to know from your perspective, you, you seem very grounded and in touch and in tune with what's going on in the environment. Mm -hmm. What makes this, in your thought, in words, what makes this community so special and what can people do who are not here in Jackson Hole do to make their community feel special as well? Oh, wonderful. Well, one of the incredible gifts in this particular community is that we live in a landscape that is magnificent. <laughs> that can, I don't think that could be disputed. I agree with you. All right. And for me, who is a, who's a sensitive and an intuitive, the 
the Grand Teton area and the whole geologic system here, including the Yellowstone ecosystem, are all extremely potent, positive energies to live in. <laughs> the other thing is that, and this is something else that not everyone can control, that because of the fact that so much of the land thankfully is national park or national forest, may it stay that way forever, please. Um, <laughs> there's only a certain amount of building that can happen. And that has prevented this area from becoming, you know, uh, an urban megalopolis. It also attracts people who, who come from very different lifestyles and backgrounds, but who share a common interest in the beauty and preservation of nature and the ability to participate outdoors in all seasons. I mean, this is a whole, it's a whole way of life that is more informal. I remember one of the first things that I noticed moving here those many years ago from Boston is that when I would meet people in Boston, the first thing anybody would say was, what do you do? You know, AKA, what's your profession? And where'd mm -hmm. you go to school, blah, blah, blah. And here, nobody would ask that. I was so happy. They want to know who you are as a person. It's not like, here's my resume. It's like, here I am. It's authentic. It's honest. It's caring. And there's a real sense of belonging to the land and belonging to each other. I mean, there may be many, many other things. But, but I think the, the, the appreciation of the beauty and the importance of our relationship with the natural world is part of the big deal. And wellness. You know, wellness is a big deal here. It's, it matters to go outside. It matters to eat healthfully. It is truly an opportunity to have ecological values, community values that are congruent with, the, with each other. Say that again, ecological values and community values. Personal values, I that guess. That are aligned. Okay. That are aligned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And most people, as a result of the topography and the climate, which some people find T-O-O, -O, you know, too cold. I always tell people, no, it's not so cold. We don't have humidity here. It's nothing like the East Coast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Many people are drawn here for the quality of lifestyle. Mm. And the quality of lifestyle includes artistic, educational, ecological, outdoors, indoor, you know, the, a whole, a holistic of a whole picture of what equals health and well-being. So people that don't have the benefit of living here in, in the Valley, what would you say to them to have some of those characteristics where they live, to, to live those characteristics, to bring them to, to light? What do you think that they could do to help themselves? Well, my tagline on the radio has always been... <laughs> This is Carol Mann for Cosmic Cafe reminding you to be in your heart because that's where the action is. All right, so living, coming from a heart-centered, caring, compassionate, forgiving place in one's being, not 24-7, but at least 51% of the time, <laughs> makes a huge difference. And that can be true whether, whether you're in a crowded urban situation or suburbia or anywhere it's like coming from the heart that's, that's my, beautiful that's my gig <laughs> i like that gig it's beautiful thank you thank yeah. you yeah. it's even backed by science stefan 
Yeah, that the, I, the heart the heart is command central in the human human body in the sense that the heart tells the brain what biochemistry to release into the body based on whatever our emotions are. So loving states of being, caring, compassion, kindness, generosity, etc. When we're feeling those feelings and love, of course. Um, the heart tells the brain to release the biochemistry of well-being. Conversely, anger, fear, so-called lower frequency, so-called negative emotions, close the physical heart, and the heart tells the brain to release the biochemistry of fight and flight, fight or flight. Hmm. And if that goes on as a habitual pattern, you know, you're shut down, period. I'm, I'm really curious with how you, you have this balance and that philosophy of, um, you know, live in the heart because that's where the action is. Mm -hmm. When you are, do you call it reading somebody? I do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be different um, information. There's different information that's coming your way. Yes. How do you balance that? Happy, you know, that's coming, the information that's coming your way, happy, sad, I mean, you mean when I'm when I'm working with a person? Is that what you're referring to, or yes, just in yes. general? Yeah. yeah. When I'm working with a person, I am committed to reveal to them what's right about them. So even in the example that I mentioned of this boy who had died in the Vietnam War and was now having current day issues, um, he wasn't shocked. He was thrilled. <laughs> so I know all about this, and it made sense. So the point is that. Even if there is information that is less pleasant, it is freeing and cathartic because it leads to no wonder I, and no, and I'm not crazy, no wonder I, whatever it happens to be. And besides, a past life is not happening now, but what's always interesting is not whoop-de-doo, I was this or that in a past lifetime, that's irrelevant, but the patterns the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly, the skills and the talents come with us lifetime to lifetime. So that's why it can be very interesting. And, it is interesting. Uh, and I'm always looking, I'm looking to help people discover the wisdom that's in their soul. That's, uh, I love it. Um, I, I hope more people reach out to you after hearing this. And, I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. And now you've, are back on the radio, you said. In I have a Friday app, KMTN, you know, in this COVID time, it's nothing, nobody's in person. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are a couple of people that are physically there. But I uh, record a Cosmic Cafe segment, which is aired every Friday at 11.30 a.m. on KMTN. And actually, KMTN in Jackson, but KMT has a, KMTN now has a live streaming it's KMTN dot live, L-I-V-E. And so someone could pick up this short feature that I put on every Friday at 1130 a.m. Mountain Time anywhere in the world. The, one of the small benefits of technology. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's amazing. I mean, this whole, this whole reset that we are invited to participate in is an incredible, in my opinion, evolutionary opportunity. I hope it. We see more benefits from the technology than um, type of, um, you know, dra you know, bringing people back because 
the human interaction is so important. Totally. Absolutely. Totally important. And then what I was actually thinking about and feeling when I was mentioning what I just was, was saying is that because we're restricted in our, in our usual movement and socializing, there is the inevitable opportunity to go inside and question, am I doing what I really would love to be doing? Are there things in my life that I might want to shift or change or that I'm being forced to shift and change? And how can I invent, reinvent, upgrade in some important ways? That's what I meant. <laughs> yes, yeah, kind of like time out, reset. What really matters to you? How do you want to pursue that? What, what is too much in your life that you can let go of? Like I have too much stuff. <laughs> have you read the Marie Kondo book? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I need to exercise it a little bit more. Well, I think everybody does. It's just yeah. remarkable to me that, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm really good at bringing things into the yeah. house or my office and just setting mm -hmm. it down. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just there forever. <laughs> Right, just create piles, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm good at creating. I can build really big piles. <laughs> huge, huge piles. Of course. Karen, uh, what? do you run a website how people can connect with you? I do. I have a website which has all kinds of things on it for people's interest. The website is www.youroucosmic.com. C-O-S-M-I-C, cafe, C-A-F-E, dot com, yourcosmiccafe.com. And on it are all the services that I offer and books and CDs that I've written. And because one of the other things that I do that you may or may not be aware of in the cosmic realm is that about 20 years ago, one of my brothers and his wife were killed in a commercial plane crash. And one of my friends said, Carol, you're psychic. Why don't you tune into their souls? It had never occurred to me, but it led to expanding the ability to communicate with the souls of people who have passed. And I do that also. But it's not like, hi, I love the red shoes you just bought. It's <laughs> their experience <laughs> of dying and what they might want to share and what they've learned and what they might want the living person to be aware of. Well, it's beautiful that you offer that. And my, I'm sorry to hear about your brother leaving, yeah. you know, being taken before mm -hmm. um, uh, living his full life. Um, mm -hmm. But do, so were you able to connect with his soul? Yes, that's how it all started. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And the book that I wrote is called Why Wait? Wisdom for Life from Those Who Have Passed Over, which starts with communicating with him and what he had to say, and then includes samplings from clients who've given me permission to do this. Yeah, to share. How many books have you written, Carol? I didn't know you had, you had written some books. Two, two books. Mm -hmm. well, that's two more than I've written. Well, that's because you have piles. When you sort out the piles, <laughs> it'll come clear that you have a library of books that you can write. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. That's right. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, I have a lot of eclectic interests. And as something you said that I appreciate earlier is that I do have my feet on the ground. And I, you know, I'm not talking from a woo-woo, you know, airy-fairy perspective. It's really the intersection of science and mysticism that interests me. Because 
at this point, science has proven in linear terms what mystics and spiritual teachers, indigenous and non-indigenous, have known for a very long time. And is there new research with new technology that has come out for the science? And, and what do you do to stay current? Um, I have a gazillion emails and sites and colleagues. <laughs> That's what I do. I just stay current with, with the literature, with alternative, with not alternative, with a whole uh, eclectic array of science and, and metaphysics, including quantum physics, which just kind of puts it all together. And am I a physicist? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all need little, you know, a hobby, something to keep us busy, keep the mind sharp. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. Crosswords and metaphysics, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and throw in a Sudoku and you're good to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Your whole brain working. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, are there other clairvoyants in, in the world, and do you stay yes. connected with them? I have a group of friends who, over the years I've developed, who don't happen to live here in Jackson Hole, but with whom I'm in contact. You know, we get, to, we get together online um, at least once a week, yeah, who are on the same page. And there are conferences, too. There are conferences in parapsychology. There are conferences about the latest information about extraterrestrial contact with planet Earth. There are conferences about the intersection of science and mysticism. And there are people who speak, talk, research, write books about all these topics, which, you know, over the many decades have become fairly mainstream. Plus, there's always disinformation everywhere, sadly. <laughs> How do you know, if somebody were to start researching this information, how do you, they know if it's disinformation or if it's coming with a genuine yeah. message and can be substantiated? Well, you're asking a really good, big question, which is how do we know anything is true? <laughs> <laughs> so there are many levels, <laughs> okay? For some people, it's important that whoever the speaker is, or writer or whatever, communicator, has degrees from accredited, well-named, well-respected, higher levels of, of education. Okay, that's for some. In addition to this, so we can make an assumption that person at least hopefully knows what they're talking about in whatever the area happens to be. Then there's the intuitive level where it just makes sense. You know, how do you know? You just know. I asked that question. That question is, you know, where you're picking up something that resonates for you and it doesn't have a, a linear checklist to it. I often will, oftentimes when I ask people how, like you asked me, how do you get, how did you get to Jackson, Wyoming? A lot of people say, I don't know, I just got here. Or I left a big job somewhere and came here and I just knew this is where I had to be. Well, that's the kind of way you know something like a direct hit the other. So it's both sides of your brain again. See, there's the intuitive knowing, and then there's the let's match that with some level of credentials and credibility in the general culture. But I'm just saying, you know, everybody, no matter who's saying what about anything, we're all do. it's all coming through our own particular filtration system. And some things will resonate and some people won't. Some things won't, excuse me. And I just tell people to trust what they sense what they feel. 
I moved out here to live with my brother at the time and mm-hmm. um, he sent, he, I moved out here and then he left. He's like, you, I'm, you're here. I'm out of here now. No, it, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't that. No, it wasn't no. that. But um, he had some other plans, but it was a wonderful experience to be able to live out here with him. But I joke with people that when my wife is around, I moved out here because I knew she was going to be here at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, that puts you in the clairvoyant category. <laughs> <laughs> and she showed up. That's even better. She, she did show up. Show it up. Tell people that she stalked me. Of course. Which is not true, but. Anybody would, of course. <laughs> well, Carol, this has been so insightful. And I am I love that you're you're so open to share with people who you are and, and what you do and, and how you help people. I'm delighted. You know, this is what I'm designed to do. And whenever anyone happens to be fortunate enough to land right where what they're meant to be doing it feels great. And if each person, can you imagine if we all knew what, we, what it was we were most naturally designed to do? Not somebody who like hates math, don't bother. What is your natural talent? Follow your natural talents and skills. If people did that, wow, we would have even another level of community. Indeed. Communion, communion entities, communities. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. it a lot. Yeah. Um, I have a favor to ask you. Of course. Usually I sign off, but I'd love for you to sign off this show oh. with um, how you sign off every Cosmic Cafe. But um, before we do sign off, um, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I love talking to you. I'm, re- I'm realizing while we're in this, you know, Zoom mode that we should be friends, period. What do we, what do we see each other once every holiday? <laughs> I, I would thoroughly enjoy it. And now that you have a, a grandchild, we have little kids that we can have together and play. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We can get on the floor with them too. Okay. Yes, indeed. This is Carol Mann for Cosmic Cafe, reminding you to be in your heart because that's where the action is. To learn more about Carol and the Cosmic Cafe, visit the JacksonHoleConnection.com, episode number 110. For all of you who are listening today, please get out there and share. Give us a five-star rating to help more people find this podcast. We certainly can use some help, as can everybody. Thank you to my friend Jim Ogier for listening each week and my friend Ed Freeze. You both are wonderful supporters, and I appreciate your listenership. Many thanks to everybody else who helps this podcast come along every week. My wife, Laura, my boys, William and Lewis, my dog, Carly, my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey, and all those people who tune in. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.